The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests at Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the thirteenth year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, and through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the fifth month of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly. For I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. This is the word of the Lord. I have a question too. Why do we have sermons? Why does the pastor talk for so long? Well, hopefully this will be shorter. I chose the scripture for Jeremiah for this brief reflection on scripture and the word in worship because of the emphatic way the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And as you reflect on that passage uh, that Brooklyn read for us, um, you realize that the word came in a particular time, in a particular way, to a particular person, and then offered a conversation to that person, invited that person, Jeremiah, to engage with the word and to respond and to be sort of give himself to the word and to the service of the word, to be open to be used by the word. You know, to, to, to take three or four minutes to talk about the place of the word in um, the Christian life, it's an impossible task. I'm not even going to pretend. But I'm going to invite you just to think quickly. And if I don't get to all these, you can do some work on your own. But speaking, sustenance, the Savior and story are four words that occur to me as I think about the word. I remember a story uh, a friend of mine, Richard Innes, told me about a time in his church when they were looking for a teaching pastor. And the retired, previously retired teaching pastor was a very, very educated, talented person who had a kind of a national ministry and even international ministry published uh, and it goes on and on and on professor at the seminary there's some people in the church who really wanted the replacement to be exactly like that well-known highly regarded preacher and they were disappointed in the first few months when you know the youth pastor and the associate and a guest missionary and pastor from down the street who was on vacation and a former pastor and leader of the ladies ministry and different people stood in the pulpit over a period of time to preach God's word. 
And to my horror, the story goes that, that, that some people came up to uh, my friend Richard, who was the chair of the elders, uh, or the leadership team, as they called it, in that church, and say, you know, you're going to have our check, but we're going to go to the church down the road until you get a real preacher. And this really bothered my friend. He didn't exactly know where to place the criticism, but he thought to himself, he sort of put it proactively. So he said, you know, he said, what I'm going to do is every Sunday that I come to worship, I'm going to, no matter who is preaching, whether I know them well, whether they're on our staff, whether they're a guest, a guest with, who's well-known or somebody I'd never heard of, I'm just going to give myself to listening. And he said to me, you know, Paul, he said, over a year and a half where we experienced that, what Presbyterians call the vacancy, the pulpit vacancy, there was not a Sunday or a sermon that I did not hear a word from God through that speaker, for me, and for our congregation. He said, sometimes it seemed like a more developed word. Other times, it was a simple word. But never did I walk away from the sanctuary thinking that God had stopped speaking his word into my heart, into my life, and into the life of our church. And that is one of the very best ways that I can articulate what takes place. What we believe about God through the ages and across Christian traditions around the world in different time zones and different styles of worship and liturgy, we believe that God speaks. And audaciously, we believe that God speaks in this place and in this time. Speaking has always been a way that God has communicated his character. Speaking, the themes of speaking and the word and communication are from beginning to end in scripture. God is a communicator God. In the beginning, God spoke creation and the prophets. It just keeps on going. God speaks in very unusual ways. He spoke one time through a mule. I'm sure most of you know that story. And if you don't, it's a great story because it reminds us that if God can speak through a mule, he can speak through any of us, including any of you. God speaks through a burning bush. He addresses people by names. He speaks to people in dreams and he warns them, he cares for them, guides them and sends them. God constantly speaking, speaking through creation, speaking through the prophets. And ultimately, the writer of Hebrews says, ultimately, the ultimate expression of God communicating to us is by communicating through his son, Jesus, who we recognize is the word of God. And so speaking is a key piece. One of the pieces, though, about this that we don't usually think about too much, maybe it's a way of getting ourselves off the hook, is we spend a lot of time reflecting on the talent of the speaker and the communicator, the education, the style of the communication of the sermon. But you know that speaking or communicating or teaching implies listening. There's not that much in our minds and our hearts about the quality or character or ability or commitment of our listening styles or our listening hearts. There's a wonderful story um, around the calling of the prophet Samuel. 
when he's encountered by God. And the punchline of that story is that he get, receives a spiritual direction from his mentor, Eli, to say, when Eli finally realized that God was the one who was speaking to the boy at night, he said, this is what you do. You go back, and when the Lord calls your name, you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so not only are we a preaching, speaking, communicating community and in this place, we're also a listening community, a community that has the capacity to, to sense where is God speaking to me, where is God speaking to us. And in the conversation with Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? What do you think? How are you going to respond? How are you going to involve yourself, engage with this word, with this story, with this text. Second thing is sustenance. This is a simple and very deep point, one that I'm more and more becoming acquainted with, and that is that it is through the word that God feeds us. It's not exclusively through the word that God feeds us. God feeds us at the table. God feeds us in other ways. But it is primarily through the word that God feeds us. And probably that's why the length of the sermon, sometimes shorter, sometimes longer, is maybe the main frame of the service, or at least one of the main frames of the service, depending on your Christian tradition. Because God feeds his people, he empowers his people, he sends his people, he draws his people through the communication of the word. And that's why Jesus, who is the fullest expression of God's heart and God's word, identifies himself as the bread of life. The best picture, the best word that we have from God is the word that feeds us and that satisfies us in every way. And that brings me to another simple point, but important one, is that our communication somewhere, somehow, in some way, each and every time we communicate the gospel to others, we communicate it in this place, whatever we, whether we use Jeremiah or whether we use Hebrews, whatever text we use, somehow is going to lead us to Jesus. But Jesus is not only the word who is communicating, but he is also the destination for the word. It doesn't come way across in exactly the same way, four things that you need to know about Jesus, but something about the life, the death, the resurrection, the ascension, the coming again of Jesus has to hold our imagination. One of my professors from graduate school many years ago wrote a book called Who gets to narrate the world? Who gets to tell the story of the world? In this world, um, this postmodern world, with all of these competing types of interpretation, he asked that question. And his answer, of course, is that God's people get to tell the story of the world. And the reason is because Jesus is the story of the world. Jesus is the word through whom everything was made that was what was made. And if you follow that story, which is intended to shape our stories and to, and to help us to see that Jesus' story of the world is our story, 
The stories that we have for being Norwegian or being Presbyterian or Canadian or male or female or from a specific, other specific ethnic group, those are important stories for our identity. But as Christians, when the word speaks to us, it constantly reminds us of the story of who God is and who we are and what God's purposes are for the kingdom, for the world. So that's probably why we take a little bit long, some longer than others, certain weeks. God is a speaking God, and we are listening people. God is a sustaining God through his word. God is a God who tells a story of the world that is the truest, deepest, most important story that we know, because it holds the salvation of the world in its narration. And at the center of this story is Jesus, who is the Savior. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let's continue to listen and to feed and to engage in God's Word. Amen.